Eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven, we thank you so much for giving us the privilege to be among those who are living today. We know, Lord, that it's not out of our holiness or righteousness, but it's a token of your great love which you have bestowed upon us. As our probationary time extends, Lord, we would like to use it to perfect our Christian character. We want to know you more, Lord, and as we are afforded this opportunity as we go through this devotion to know you, please, Father, may it bear forth good fruit. Grant us of your spirit, grant us understanding. I present myself to you, consecrate me to your service, and put your words in my mouth for the sake of your children, that we may all be blessed by what we hear. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. January 22. A child in the temple. Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Luke chapter 2, verse 49. When Christ was twelve years old, he went with his parents to Jerusalem to attend the feast of the Passover, and on their return he was lost in the multitude. After Joseph and Mary had searched for him for three days, they found him in the court of the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Luke chapter 2 verse 46 and 47. His parents listened in amazement as they heard his searching inquiries. Though taking the attitude of a learner, Christ imparted light in every word he uttered. He interpreted the scripture to the darkened mind of the rabbis and gave them clear light in regard to the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. The sharp, clear questions of the child learner brought a flood of light to their darkened understanding. The truth shone out as the clear shining of a light in a darkened place, as he received and imparted the knowledge of the plan of salvation. It is plainly stated that Christ grew in knowledge. What a lesson is found in this incident in the life of Christ for all youth. If they shall diligently search the word of God and through the Holy Spirit receive divine guidance, they will be able to impart light to others. Mary, the mother of Jesus, asked, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Divine light shone through humanity as Jesus lifted his right hand and asked, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. They did not comprehend the true meaning of his words. But though he was the Son of God, he went down with his parents and came unto Nazareth, and was subject unto them. At the age of twelve, the Holy Spirit was abiding upon Jesus, and he felt something of the burden of the mission for which he had come to our world. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Child in the Temple and here we go further to behold Jesus Christ that we may know him, that 
by some means we may attain to the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus. As a child, we are looking at Jesus in the temple and there are lessons for us to learn from him. Reading from the book of Luke 2 verse 41 to 46, as we've already seen in our devotion, it was a time when Jesus went for his first Passover visit because that is the first time a Jewish child is allowed to partake in the Passover at the age of 12. This was the first time Jesus was experiencing what was called the Passover. So you see that our Lord Jesus was growing. He didn't know everything. He was learning just like every other child may learn. When they went to the Passover and the Passover feast was over, it's usually a seven days feast. So most likely they stayed there for that seven days and it was time for them to go home. And it says in the book of Luke 2 verse 43, And when they fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, and seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. So, what was it that happened that made Jesus to remain, that he did not follow his parents? Was it just that he was lost? No, he wasn't. He intentionally did it. He knew they would be looking for him. He knew it was time for them to leave, but he, really, he, he didn't follow them. There was something more important for him to do. You see, Jesus had had a very deep experience as he came to attend his first Passover. It was here that for the first time he knew exactly what his mission to the world was. Before now, he was not aware that he was the lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. He was not born with that knowledge. His parents had not taught him because even they, their understanding of the Messiah was flawed. Almost every Jew understood the Messiah to be one that would deliver them from the Roman bondage. Even John the Baptist, that's how deep this, uh, this um, error had entered into the Jewish community. I can hardly remember anyone among the Jews who really expected the Messiah to die on the cross. I'm trying to think of one I don't know any. Even as far as John the Baptist, he was expecting the Messiah to be one who would deliver them from the hands of their enemies. Though he still knew that there was need for repentance on the part of the people. So even Joseph and Mary, they didn't know this. The eyes of Jesus was open to a truth that almost no one in the Jewish community understood. So he was not aware before, he was just learning it. The Spirit of God exposed this to him. So as he saw the symbolism of the Lamb and how its death secured the release of Israel from the bondage of Egypt, the Holy Spirit was ministering to the young lad that this Lamb typified himself. He was to do for the world what the Lamb did for Israel in Egypt. But he saw that even the priests, rabbis, doctors, and lawyers were oblivious of what the Lamb represented. He was too young to assume a position of authority and begin to teach them. So he instead sat among them 
asking questions that were well calculated to lead them to a closer investigation of the positions they held and also answering questions in such a way that the truth was brought into a more clearer and deeper light than that which anyone present there ever knew. The Bible says in Luke 2 verse 47 and 48, And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. That's when the parents saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt thoughts with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Now, we see here that there was an anxiety in Jesus. He had found something, a truth that others did not know. But then there was the wisdom in Jesus too. That the excitement did not drive him to just proclaim it everywhere as though I found something beautiful. I'm saying that because I remember in my own experience, and I have seen it in many other Christians' experience, that in their first encounter with the truth, there is that excitement. They want to share it with their family members. And so they go to their friends also, not just family members, and then they say everything they know. They just drop it like that, not knowing that it's going to bring trouble to them. And they, they get disappointed when they realize that the excitement with which they used to get this truth, their family members are not excited, their friends are not excited, their, their pastor is not excited. Not only that, even people now turn against them for sharing those truths. While our Lord Jesus passed through that same experience, he had the wisdom to not just say all that he knows, he knew. He rather assumed the position of a learner asking questions and this is a lesson we can learn ask questions that will drive them to bible passages and then drop suggestions that will make them to rethink their position or to see things in a more clearer light rather than just going to share everything that you know as if you were to tell them this is what i've learned and this is what i'm going to do if jesus had told his parents at that time i've learned i'm going to die for the world they will they will rebuke him and if he told it to the priests and rabbis, they would say, this man, this young boy, something is wrong with you. They wouldn't listen to him. So he was wise enough to keep it to himself. But then, going away from the way he managed his learning, we need to learn to manage what we learn. It's not everything that you have learned that you just drop. You need to check the people where they are. Know whether they can receive what you are about to tell them. Our Lord Jesus at age 12 already had this wisdom. And we'll talk more in subsequent devotions. How was it that Jesus had this wisdom at such a young age? Not the wisdom to understand, but the wisdom to so relate with people in a wise way, in a way that will help them and also help himself. We read in that time in Know Him, page 28, paragraph 4, it is plainly stated that Jesus grew in knowledge. What a lesson is found in this incident in the life of Christ for all youth. If they diligently search the word of God and through the Holy Spirit receive divine grace, they will be able to impart light to others. Amen. This was what Christ was doing. He was imparting light at age 12. Is it that he had an advantage like I always say and like we have been seeing? That was not the case. We have the access to what Jesus had access to. The training Jesus received was different. And if any child receives such a training, they can be like him. We are told that he was able to teach in such a way that people were amazed. The words that were used was in verse 47 of Luke 2. They were astonished at his understanding and answers. And in verse 48, his parents were amazed. How is it that at this young age, Jesus already knew something of his mission? He knew the word of God in such a way that the Bible records that people were astonished and amazed at his understanding. How was he able to converse intelligently with scribes and rabbis in the temple at only the age of 12? Well, 
It is the training, like I said. Reading from the book Desire of Ages, page 70, paragraph 2, we see something of the kind of training Jesus received. It says, The question asked during the Savior's ministry, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Does not indicate that Jesus was unable to read, but merely that he had not received a rabbinical education. John 7, verse 15, that's where that is. Since he gained a knowledge as we may do, his intimate acquaintance with the scriptures shows how diligently his early years were given to the study of God's word. So, one thing we learn, there was a diligent study of God's word when he was young. Then again, it says, And spread out before him was the great library of God's created works. He who had made all things studied the lessons which his own hand had written in earth and sea and sky. So, his second textbook was Nature. He was studying the word of God and studying nature. That's why when he was older, you see, nobody just suddenly starts to say things. It is based on our previous experiences. You don't, Jesus is not going to be able to teach the sower went forth to sow or going to talk about how you would sow the seed and then it brings uh, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear and use that to teach spiritual lessons. He was not going to be able to talk about the lilies. Like he said, check the lilies, how they grow. They sow not, neither do they spin. He wasn't going to be able to say those things if he had not observed them from his childhood. So he had observed these things right from childhood. His, his training was what made him to be such a teacher and to have such deep understanding. So the word of God and nature. Continuing the reading, it says, Apart from the unholy ways of the world, he gathered stores of scientific knowledge from nature. He studied the life of plants and animals and the life of man. So, apart from plants and animals, something else we are seeing here, because plants and animals is part of nature, man is also part of nature. How many of us observe the life of man and learn lessons from it? You cannot learn lessons from nature unless you know the word of God, by the way. Just observing nature will make your interpretation of, of the things you are seeing in nature will not bear any saving lesson. You must first know the word. And when you know the word, when you observe nature, you will have a right interpretation of nature. You would see that the things the word of God teach, you can see object lessons of those things in the word in nature. Solomon would say, go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Then he would call a man that is lazy, a slothful man. Why? He first of all knows what the word of God says about diligence. And then he sees nature, a sloth, and then realizes this is what laziness is like. And then he likens a slot to a man that is lazy, or a man that is lazy to a slot. And then he likens the ants to diligence. It is first of all the word of God that is known. And that's what Jesus knew. He knew first the word and then nature could teach him lessons. If not, we will learn the wrong lessons from nature. We could see a lion predating on the prey and say, yes, we should all be like lions and kill people. That's not it. But unless you are sanctified by the word of God, a worldly person will see a lion and say, this is the way I ought to behave. I ought to dominate, I ought to destroy, not caring about others. That's how nature, nature that cannot afford you anything unless you are sanctified with the word of God. And Jesus, first of all, knew the word of God, sanctified by it. Then he was able to interpret the lessons in nature more deeply. Continuing the reading, it says, From his earliest years, he was possessed of one purpose. He lived to bless others. For this, 
he found resources in nature, new ideas of ways and means flashed into his mind as he studied plant life and animal life. Continually, he was seeking to draw from things seen illustrations by which to present the living oracles of God. The parables by which during his ministry he loved to teach his lessons of truth show how open his spirit was to the influences of nature and how he had gathered the spiritual teaching from the surroundings of his daily life. Going on, he says, Thus, to Jesus, the significance of the word, two things now, the word and the works of God was unfolded as he was trying to understand the reason of things. Superstition has destroyed many. Jesus was not a superstitious person. He could trace from cause to effect very appropriately. He would not say, Oh, the cat in my house was sent by so and so person. That's why this cat is here. He was sent to destroy me and then start to pray and call the names of human beings as if the cat is a human being and start casting and binding them away. Jesus wouldn't do that. He understood the reason of things. He could trace from cause to effect. You don't hear anything about Jesus doing such things. It says here that he was trying to understand the reason of things. Heavenly beings were his attendants and the culture of holy thoughts and communions was his. From the first dawning of intelligence, he was constantly growing in spiritual grace and knowledge of truth. Every child may gain knowledge as Jesus did. As we try to become acquainted with our Heavenly Father through his word, I emphasize that again, it is the word, the study of the Bible. It is what will make you understand even the reason of things. Because it's not just by observation, it is also by revelation you understand the reason of things. Why did Babylon conquer Jerusalem? It is not because they had battering rams. It's not because they planned. The reason of things is that the Lord had departed from Israel. Why did Medopetia conquer Babylon? The reason is by revelation, not by observation that you know why. It is not by observing that, oh, the reason why Babylon was able to conquer is that their strategy was this, or by Medopetia was able to conquer is because, oh, their strategy was this and that. No. It is that God had prophesied it. Revelation gives reason. Because if we just depend on logic alone, we go nowhere. Jesus did not depend on logic alone. He depended on the revelation given in the word of God through prophecies, through the Holy Spirit also. Every child may gain knowledge as Jesus did. As we try to become acquainted with our Heavenly Father through His Word, angels will draw near. Our minds will be strengthened. Our characters will be elevated and refined. We shall become more like our Savior. And as we behold the beautiful and grand in nature, our affections go out after God. While the spirit is awed, the soul is invigorated by coming in contact with the infinite through His works. Communion with God through prayer develops the mental and moral faculties and the spiritual powers strengthen as we cultivate thoughts upon spiritual things. Amen. This quote here that I have just read contains a lot that can help us to know how to be like Jesus. Prayer is another one. That's how we commune with God through prayer and then contemplating the works of nature. Our moral and spiritual faculties are developed and may God help us to experience that. I'll continue. So this is the kind of education we are to receive. Jesus' education was not in the rabbinical schools. It was his mother that taught him. Like you see in Desire of Ages, page 70, paragraph 1, it says, The child Jesus did not receive instruction in the synagogue schools. His mother was his first human teacher. That's one, but that's not all. It says, From her lips 
and from the scrolls of the prophet he learned of heavenly things. Now, that was not all. His second teacher, he says, the very words which he himself had spoken to Moses for Israel, he was now taught at his mother's knee. As he advanced from childhood to youth, he did not seek the schools of the rabbis. He needed not the education to be obtained from such sources, for God was his instructor. Amen. So we have his mother teaching him and the Holy Spirit, that is God, was his instructor. Why did Jesus not participate in this worldly education? It's because there's a lot of things in it that would bring about the wrong character. A child who goes through the school system of the world is bound to already develop in himself covetousness, strife, envy, jealousy, and perhaps bitterness, hatred. Why? Because the schools are set up that way for competition and you say oh healthy competition oh tell me something else what do you mean healthy competition that a child or even an adult would not secretly in his heart wish for the downfall of the other person because you have placed them one against the other so that one must win the other must be better than the other then you reward one while the other one is giving another reward but showing that he is less than you and then you give them glory and you make them to pride in being better than another person that system the word I want to use to describe it may sound too harsh, but it is the truth. It is a satanic system. We have already studied how the devil in heaven was in competition. In heaven, not everybody is the same. Everybody has their various and different positions. Some better than the others, some higher than the others, but everybody is content. Nobody is being given awards. Satan is not awarded as best angel of the year, most hard-working angel of the year. Nobody does that in heaven. But on earth, Satan does those things because he likes being distinguished. He likes it to be prominent. I am better than you. He is better than every other angel. So, if you ever want to give any award, it will always be him that will receive the praise. But nobody was giving him an award in heaven. And he brings that his satanic thing to this earth. Right from when children enter into the schooling system, they are already taught to compete against their brethren, to strive to be like Satan. And what was Satan like? I will be like the Most High. I will ascend to the heavens. I put my seat in the north. I would ascend. I want to be the best. Envy, jealousy, competitive spirit that is satanic. And this is what Jesus escaped. You cannot take a child through such a system and then you will see the child is sinless. Jesus would not have been sinless if he was taken into such a system. He would imbibe in himself the spirit of competition, which is covetousness and sin. Jesus escaped that. Reading from counsels to parents, teachers, and students, page 177, paragraph 1, we are told, The system of grading is sometimes a hindrance to the pupils' real progress. Some pupils are slow at first, and the teacher of these youth needs to exercise great patience. But these pupils may, after a short time, learn so rapidly as to astonish them. Others may appear to be very brilliant, but time may show that they have blossomed too suddenly. The system of confining children rigidly to grades is not wise. End of quote. Like I have said, Jesus escapes this system, this spirit of emulation that is rife in the schools of today and in his day. Going on about Jesus to see how he was able to learn in Desire of Ages, page 72, paragraph 4. There is something very important we have to talk about now. We have seen how Jesus was, he, 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 when he came to the temple, it was surprising because people didn't know that this child knew this thing. Why is it that they didn't know? Because Jesus shunned display. Even his own parents did not know that Jesus was this wise to the point that the Bible says Joseph and Mary were amazed. And 
they were struck that Jesus was saying the things he was saying. They were surprised. They did not know. But he had been living with them for 12 years. How come they did not know? Had he not been a preacher in the synagogue since those days when he was a young lad? How come? Was he not someone in the house who was always displaying his knowledge? Of course not, because if he was, they would have known. The fact that his parents were amazed shows us something about the life of Christ. Jesus shuns display. Desire of Ages, page 72, paragraph 4 says, Jesus was perfect as a workman and he was perfect in character. That's what we read about him. But then, while he was engaged in church works and all of that, just basic things is what he was doing in church. He was not displaying just the basic things that any child could do that would be expected of a child. But it's not expected that a child would have so much knowledge and wisdom. That's why they were amazed. But he was doing other things. So some of the things he was doing, he would read in the church. But they didn't know that he knew so much to the point that he could teach doctors. He could teach lawyers and scribes. Desire of Ages, page 74, paragraph 2 tells us, Paragraph 2 and 3 says, Thus, as he grew in wisdom and stature, Jesus increased in favor with God and man. He drew the sympathy of all hearts by showing himself capable of sympathizing with all. The atmosphere of hope and courage that surrounded him made him a blessing in every home, and often in the synagogue on the Sabbath days he was called upon to read a lesson from the prophets, and the hearts of the hearers trilled as a new light shone out from the familiar words of the sacred text. So all he was in here was reading, he wasn't teaching. But then the next thing says, Yet Jesus shunned display during all the years of his stay in nazareth he made no exhibition of his miraculous power he sought no high position and assumed no titles his quiet and simple life and even the silence of the scriptures concerning his early years teach an important lesson the more quiet and simple the life of the child the more free from artificial excitement and the more in harmony with nature the more favorable is it to physical and mental vigor and spirit and to spiritual strength end of quote so jesus was no child that was displayed on social media today we have social media kids parents want their children to display their talents their this practice fosters pride in the child who is subject to it the life of fame and popularity is strewn with many temptations and to expose a child to the public domain so early putting your child on facebook because they have learned how to read this or read that you don't see jesus experience coming to display his talents when the visitors come to the house and say oh jesus come 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 and show them you can read okay now read this read this bible passage and then he'll read and then everybody will say oh what an interesting child oh he's so wise and so intelligent come here my boy nobody was doing that for jesus his parents did not use him as a tool to gratify their, themselves, to show how good they are training their child, to show how good they are, to get some praise to themselves. They did not do that. Neither did Jesus himself use his knowledge for display to bring attention to himself. They were not displaying him on any public platform, whether in church or at home. And that is why his parents were amazed. They did not know that he was that intelligent jesus himself would not just go and start memorizing scripture and just start reciting everything just to show he has memorized the whole book of psalms chapter 119 so that just to show that i can recite it that's all but yet jesus did memorize scripture for what purpose so that when temptation comes he would quote the scripture and use it for what it is not for display but for overcoming sin thy word have i hid in my heart that i might not sin against it not thy word that I have I hid in my heart that I may go and display to the church to show them how much I can read your word the word is for overcoming sin it is not for display we don't hear anything about Jesus' childhood and how magnificent he was this is the first time in the temple everybody is shocked 
because they don't see him going around displaying. That's why they were shocked. If his parents were shocked, I keep repeating this point. If his parents were shocked, it goes to show you how much Jesus shunned display. People who were living with him did not know that he knew so much, how much more the world. That is why the Bible is silent on the childhood of Jesus. Reading the Zion of Ages, page 74, paragraph 3 and 4, Jesus is our example. There are many who dwell with interest upon the period of his public ministry while they pass unnoticed the teaching of his early years. But it is in his home life that he is the pattern for all children and youth. The Savior condescended to poverty that he might teach how closely we in a humble lot may walk with God. He lived to please, honor, and glorify his Father in the common things of life. His work began in consecrating the lowly trade of the craftsman. So that's um, something else about the life of Christ. But going on to talk about why this thing of display is not good, we read Gospel Workers page um, of 1892, page 408, paragraph 1. It says, We should not seek to imitate Sunday schools nor keep up the interest by offering prizes. The offering of rewards will create rivalry, envy, and jealousy and some who are the most diligent and worthy will receive little credit. Pupils should not try to see how many verses they can learn to repeat, for this brings too great a strain upon the ambitious child while the rest become discouraged." End of quote. So that's just to buttress the point I was making earlier. So the point I'm making here is at age 12, if Jesus had ever preached in that synagogue in Nazareth, would the parents have been amazed? They would not have been amazed. But his life was not like that. The, the only thing we read now about him is Bible readings. They just give him read the Bible and he'll read what they asked him to read, just like every other child could do. Of course, that's what every other child could do. But he had not preached. They didn't know that he could preach. That's to show you his life was free from display. And it's an example for us because Jesus subjected himself to that. And besides, is it that he shunned display just because he didn't want to display? No, it is because it would not have been good for him that at such a young age he's put into the public domain even his own character would have been marred by it it's not that he shunned this or just because i don't want to show them what i know no it is because if it had happened it would not have been good for him as a young person young person teaching older people not that it is wrong for somebody who is older to listen to a younger person when he got his 12 disciples a good number of them were older than him a good number of them were older than him so that's not the issue but there is a stage in life where somebody can take up such responsibilities not a little child the bible says in the book of first timothy 5 verse 22 lay hands suddenly on no man neither be partaker of other men's sins what does it mean to lay hands suddenly don't put your hands to ordain somebody into office when the person is not yet ready for that first timothy 3 verse 6 says that when ordaining people to office is not a novice lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil so when you put somebody who is a novice and Jesus was a novice, remember he was growing. It's not just because now he just understood something in the word of God, he's no longer a novice. He grew. He was once a novice. As a child, he was a novice. And the word of God says that novices should not be placed in position because it will foster pride in them. So it is not that Jesus shunned this play just because he could actually handle it but just shunned it. No. Every other child who we put in the forefront like that, there is a danger. Paul says it. They will be lifted up with pride, even an adult. Because when we say novice, you can't tell me a child is experienced. A child is a novice. Many adults are novices. And every child, not some, every child is a novice. 
And that's why the Bible says not in novice. Today there is practicing there are practices in church where children are given the opportunity to do things that even baptized members of the church are not permitted to do. To stand on the pulpit, to preach to people, children, and they say, Oh, it's children's day. Who ordained such a thing? Was that God that ordained that? That we just want to teach the children to be godly. How many of the people that we have put to preach on the pulpits has he made them any better in serving God? Our Lord Jesus did not pass through that kind of experience. And we are not to say, oh, we are trying to make the children serve God. It's a sacred thing. It's a high honor that even many members of the church, adults, have not even experienced. That then you bring a child who doesn't know his left from his right. Yeah, they have shown some intelligence. But the even some little spirituality perhaps because intelligence and spirituality are two different things the ability to memorize scripture is not spirituality that's just memory that's intelligence doesn't mean the person is spiritual just because somebody has shown some mark of intelligence and we think oh let's give them position let's give them this high honor to preach it is wrong jesus life was not like that reading now let's hear this review and herald june 21 1887 i will just keep reading and talking in between but try to understand the message here it says i'm reading from paragraph one the third angel is represented as flying in the midst of the heavens showing that the message is to go forth throughout the length and breadth of the earth it is the most solemn message ever given to mortals and all who connect with the work should first feel their need of an education and a most thorough training process for the work in reference to their future usefulness and there should be plans made and efforts adopted for the improvement of that class who anticipates connecting with any branch of the work so what is telling us there must be an education now here this says ministerial labor cannot and should not be entrusted to boys neither should the work of giving bible readings be entrusted to inexperienced girls because they offer their services and are willing to take responsible positions but who are wanting in religious experience without a thorough education and training they must be proved to see if they will bear the test and unless there's developed a firm conscientious principle to be all that god would have them to be they will not correctly represent our course and work for this time they must be with our sisters engaged in the work in every mission a depth of experience gained from those who have had an experience and who understand the manners and ways of working the missionary operations are constantly embarrassed for the want of workers of the right class of minds and the devotion and piety that will correctly represent our faith. God's word must be open to the youth, but a youth should not be placed in the position to do this. Those who must have an eye upon them constantly to ensure their good behavior will require, will require to be watched in any position where they may be. Therefore, the mold given the character in youth by such a system of training is wholly deleterious. It is no sin to appreciate literary talent if it is not idolized. But no one is to strive for vainglory to exalt self. When this is the case, there is an absence of the wisdom that cometh from above, which is first pure, then peaceable, easy to be entreated, full of love and good fruits. End of quote. I think it's as pointed and as clear as it can be. I need not say more on that. As we behold Jesus Christ, we see many things from his life which we have looked at today. He learned from the word and from nature, contemplating, understanding the reason of things. But his reason was guided by the word of God. And he learned by revelation of the word also. Combining all of this, he was able to grow. And that is why it could be said of him that this man, they said he had never learned, but he knew nevertheless the scriptures because God was his teacher. 
and the parents were amazed at his knowledge because he was being, he was learning from God. They knew that it was not them that taught him the things he was saying. That's why they were amazed. But then Jesus shone display. And much has been said about shunning display. May God help us to appropriately apply these lessons. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the lessons you have taught us now. Please give us the grace that as we behold Christ, we will be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Help us, Father, that as we see him, he becomes our example in our lives, not just for the youth, but even for adults. Please give us the grace too that we may learn from your word and from the works of nature and thereby have wisdom, grow in grace and knowledge of Christ Jesus our Lord. Do this for us and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Angel with a Strong Voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org. That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org.